You're listening to The Legal Eagle with Marsha Chambers on WNHH LP 103.5 FM. Welcome to The Legal Eagle, where we explore many of the legal issues that Connecticut is facing today in one form or another. We look into the criminal and civil justice system, both at the state and federal level. We discuss issues facing the bar, the judiciary, the courts, and the legislature. Today, we are honored to welcome Police Chief Kevin Halloran, who has led the Brantford Police Department for the past six years. During that time, he has seen a great deal of change on a variety of fronts, and he is here today to share his thoughts on a couple of topics. Welcome, Chief, to The Legal Legal. Good morning. Thank you for being in our studio today. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So I think I would like to begin with um, a discussion of a tragic event that occurred in Brantford several weeks ago, uh, the drowning of a, of a boy, uh, Ben Callahan, at the age of 10, and he died in the Brantford River. Uh, his brothers tried to save him, and so did your department and the fire department, who rushed to the scene. I'd like to know about the impact, something that happens like right out of the blue on a Friday afternoon at about 1.20 in the afternoon, and uh, what happens from the, from the police perspective? How do you do it, and how do you handle the repercussions? <clears throat> well, just to, to give you a, a kind of a frame yes. framework as to how, how things happen, everybody I mean, everybody rushed out of the police department, including myself, mm-hmm. to, uh, to respond to the scene. <clears throat> so when you get there, a lot of things go through your, through your mind. Um, you know, I have, a, I have a young son, a 16-year-old son, and mm-hmm. thinking, you know, boy, this could be my son. Mm-hmm. My son's one of the types of kids that's outside playing all the time and mm-hmm. adventurous uh, mm-hmm. type things, but... It's it's one of the I think one of the worst calls that a police officer or an emergency uh, responder has to respond to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kids kids are close to our hearts, and mm-hmm. and uh, so it's a very difficult um, mm-hmm. uh, type of call to respond to. Right, and um, and everybody sort of converged, and um, and then what happened? So of course the the search immediately started right. for, for the young man. Um, it was it was very difficult. The uh, weather conditions were difficult. It was raining out. It was, um, yes, it was raining, and the and the currents were tough, right? Very mm-hmm. tough, very mm-hmm. tough. So the current was um, going out. Mm-hmm. Um, it was near the, high tide. It was near high tide. The currents were going out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the water was moving extremely fast. Um, in this happened, of course, you know, in a, a culvert, mm-hmm. or the, for a better explanation, a tube that moves the water underneath the, the street from one side to the other to uh, prevent flooding. Right, and so you had shown <clears throat> me a map uh, of yep. how that looks, and so explain what the culvert does. It's a tube. So uh, it, it, it moves the water mm-hmm. um, from... Like a, go ahead. From, to help prevent flooding of the street. Mm-hmm. So when the, the tide comes up uh, in that particular area, that, that area floods frequently, mm-hmm. um, but you could see the water um, is almost at, at street level. Mm-hmm. So it helps move the water uh, from the inner parts of the river out back out to the sea as the tide's going out. Right. So um, one of the things that you know I think police departments often do 
after a situation like this? Because I know you called in a drone, right? Correct, yes. And did you have your own boat, or did you? <laughs> well, we have our own boat. Mm -hmm. um, however, in that area, uh, the boat, our boat couldn't get in there mm -hmm. um, because of the size of the boat. Mm -hmm. So the fire department responded with um, little smaller boats that, that were able to... Uh, Mm -hmm. maneuver within that area mm -hmm. uh, as well as other devices flotation devices that they use to uh to search the area right so say you were to um engage in a sort of post-accident analysis okay um looking at the different the roles of the different departments mm -hmm. because a lot uh, it, it also turned out that the um the group that actually found ben's body which was in the tube Right? Or no. outside the tube? Correct. Okay, outside the tube. Okay, on the other side. Correct. Okay. Um, came from Guilford. They were the divers. Do I have that correct? I'm not exactly sure mm -hmm. which personnel uh, located him. Right. Um, you might be correct on yeah. that. There were, uh, mutual aid was uh, requested from Guilford Fire Department, and they did assist us uh, with the search and rescue. Yeah, so let's say you wanted to take steps to, uh, it took a long time, it took three hours until you found him, but that was because of the waters and, and, and the situation, <coughs> and he probably died very quickly. But looking at, you know, Brantford has got the longest uh, shoreline of any town in the state. It's 20 miles long. Mm -hmm. And so if you were to think about an analysis of what actions to take in 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 light of a possible future event, what would what would you be thinking of? <clears throat> well, first first I'd like to say that the you know the, the fire department, Guilford Fire Department, um, their their efforts were outstanding. They right. they did a they did a terrific job the, under the conditions that they were working under. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they could have done any better right. than than what they did. Right. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the water was extremely murky. It was moving quickly. Mm -hmm. um, we hadn't no idea where in this general area uh, uh he could be it, it, they couldn't even see their hands in front of their face um, that's that's right. how bad the water was so right. it, it, it's a, a an area uh you know where you're coming from the river that the, uh, like i said that the the current was moving extremely fast mm -hmm. um billowing up all the sediment on the bottom of the of yeah the, it was interesting yeah. because the youngest um son scout Mm -hmm. you know, was discussing it, the whirlpool. That, the, 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 that was well, that's, his word. That's exactly it. <clears throat> um, right. To <clears throat> put it into uh, context so people could understand, it's almost like flushing the toilet. Right. And you have that... That, that uh, whirlwind. Right. Yeah. Um, and and, and it, was just, it just pulls everything right, right through the tube. What if there had been uh, a marker on the culvert? Let's say you had something... These culverts are pretty old. These mm -hmm. tubes, I would presume they weren't put in yesterday. Um, does it make any sense, let's say, to have some sort of attachment with the flag that comes above the water level so that somebody could see where the culvert was? You, you know, I, I'm not really sure if that would, if that would have prevented this uh, particular incident. Um, not preventing, finding. Well, finding. Um it, it might if the um, if the roads are flooded and you can't see the top of the culvert mm. um, would be the only benefit to it. But 
we pretty much know where all the culverts are in you know in town and, and mm-hmm. where the problem areas are and where the mm-hmm. flooding occurs um you know we we have a lot of signs uh-huh, um uh-huh. In, in town and and uh we had no problems locating the area uh, right where it occurred so i you right. know i'm torn on that you're torn on that right you're torn on on on, on what other aspect to yeah or sign <laughs> and signs don't work you know <laughs> people ignore signs all the time <laughs> right, yeah, right, yeah. right 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 yeah it is uh it is a kind of uh a tricky one i guess it this this was just a, a terrible tragedy mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, here you have kids outside playing when most times in the rain or, or a lot of times they'll be sitting home uh you know on the internet or right, right. you know playing on their computers video games and right you know, this is what kids should be doing. That's right. Uh, well, and the Branford River is known for that. This is this is right. where, this is where everybody grew up. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> As Captain Morgan said in, in your force, you know. Right. It's sort of right. part of the uh, DNA. Of so yeah, you know the thing <clears throat> that, the thing that you have to understand this is this is not a was not and is not a designated uh, swimming area either. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. So it's it's not like going to the beach where there there be a lifeguard or or whatever. It's um it's not a designated. Uh, swimming area mm-hmm. so it's again it's just a just a terrible tragedy that, that occurred right 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 i guess okay so all right you've i i guess we'll just be a little sad well, a lot sad about <laughs> this yes <laughs> yeah. okay um <clears throat> so let's turn to another current issue of the day okay um and um that is the action of ice agents uh, rounding up undocumented immigrants who may not have committed a crime. Right now in uh, Fairhaven, we have a mother with four children, Nuri, who has taken sanctuary in uh, a Fairhaven church because she was supposed to be deported and chose not to be and Mm -hmm. is there now. I remember when you were speaking to a group of folks um, at the Willoughby Willis Library in Stony Creek some months ago, um, and... Um, President Trump had uh, just—he wasn't—he had just won election, and was talking about his deportation um, uh, philosophy. And you—you—you—you um, you, 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 you were there, and you were speaking. And t- tell tell our listeners what what that was about and what happened that night. Well, there was a lot of concern, mm-hmm. you know, among the community if the police were, um, for lack of better terms, start rounding up. Uh, illegal immigrants mm-hmm. um, so my goal mm-hmm. at that particular meeting was mm-hmm. to uh, calm the fears of the community that mm-hmm. the Brantford Police Department wasn't going to take place or participate in <clears throat> uh, roundups uh, if you will mm-hmm. um, boy when it had to be six months ago that yeah. we, we did that right yeah. so um, to uh, give you an update we haven't mm-hmm. uh, participated in it um, mm-hmm. we haven't had any uh, issues that would have um, brought us to any types of roundups, no requests from ICE. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, it shortly after that, we had a I attended a uh, chiefs of police meeting. Oh, where Wait, a, in Hartford or some? no in New Haven, in uh, New Haven. South oh. Central Chiefs of Police, mm-hmm. where a uh, supervisory agent from ICE. Uh, mm spoke to us um mm-hmm. and he assured us that you know really there um there was really no increase in in what they've been been doing as 
compared to the Obama mm-hmm. administration. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we haven't had the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't turned anybody over to ICE um, mm-hmm. since since this came out. So we're we're holding to our our viewpoints on this. Right. Um, what would be your fear if you had to? Because explain a little bit about how the police work with the community in Brantford. Well, we, we in Brantford we try to have a, a transparent relationship mm-hmm. uh, with the community. We often attend community meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we try to involve the community in different uh, crime problem-solving issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's important for me as the chief of the police department to, uh, to hold to my word and, and uh, um, make sure that we follow through on on what we uh what what we promise right so um with this particular um topic uh, again we we just haven't seen it you know mm-hmm. hmm, that's good it is i mean that's interesting actually although um it it could well we have a we probably do have an we do have an undocumented community i mean oh we have a population of undo- undocumented yeah, uh, and people forget this. They think Brantford is just this sweet little, uh, it's, it's, it's a sweet, rich town. and <laughs> that's We, that, we have a very diverse, yes, uh, yes. diverse town. We, right. we, we go from, uh, you know, uh, people on state aid to, to multimillionaires right. uh, in right. Brantford. So, right. uh, you know, low-income housing to the, uh, you know, multi-million dollar homes exactly so, right yeah no yeah. right people think of us as one and not the other but that's i mean <coughs> that's just not the case well the, the thing that they should remember is is we're the biggest town in between new haven and new london and like you said with 21 uh, square miles of, of shoreline 28 mm. square miles of, of the town itself mm-hmm. i would consider us a urban periphery ah, okay. more so than a, than a town than a town an urban yeah periphery. okay that's that's a good that's a good word. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Have you had people in the community uh, worried, or have they talked to you? Uh, at talk at, to at you? first, you, you know, <clears throat> what happens is, um, and I'm going to take a poke at the media, if you don't mind. Well, it's, I, it's, keep poking. It's okay. fine. Okay. It's the, it's the, you know, the dramatization mm-hmm. of, of uh, incidents that occur, and, and mm-hmm. you know, in, in reality, what happens in Brantford uh, it doesn't fit the the drama mm-hmm. um, uh, sometimes portrayed mm-hmm. by the media. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the uh, most of the crimes that occur in Brantford are property crimes. Oh, um, yeah. So if we could get the media to start talking about the property crimes and the things that the crime of everyday life, um, right. The, right. the things that happen on an everyday basis, maybe we could reduce those property crimes and. Yeah, right, right. We occasionally do write stories about yeah, no, I, yeah, I, no, you know, about what happens with the, you know, all of a sudden right. the summer comes and everybody leaves their car in the driveway and it's it, unopened. Yeah, that's and, that's some of our biggest problems. I know that's, it's so amazing. Yeah, it's so yeah. amazing. They, People they don't lock. Up. They don't. They don't lock their. They car. leave the keys in the ignition. Too. The we just had a car stolen. <laughs> we just had a car stolen the other day. You know, somebody left the keys in the in the ignition. You know. Duh. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And it was uh, yeah. an expensive car too. Yeah, right. So, you, you sort of wonder, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. So yeah, we do have a lot of property crimes. That's uh, that's mm-hmm. absolutely correct. I mean, I read the police reports daily, and uh, you're, you're very good at getting them to us. And uh, 
but that's the overwhelming number. Right, right. Um, and um, maybe speeding. <laughs> right. So, so those those major crimes are the the outliers, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, they do draw a lot of media attention. Um, right, right. But we don't have too many of those. No. I don't think. I mean, no. We just our crime rate is very good in Brantford. We, we our officers do an excellent job at uh, keeping the crime rate down. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it's it's a community uh, involvement, also. Right, and also you have to be able to on just to continue that other part of the conversation, uh, you have to be able to be able to talk to the community. Let's say you had a crime and you wanted the cooperation of people in the community. And they might not be so willing to cooperate if they thought, you know, you were working for ICE, frankly. Well, I, I mean, that's, that's right. And that's where transparency and honesty from the, uh, you know, fair and legitimate policing is, is focused at. And that's, mm. those, are, those are the things that, that we focus on in Brantford. Right, right, right. Well, let's talk a little bit about, uh, we have had an opioid problem, but we're not alone on that. No, this is, this is a nationwide problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know you guys made an arrest. We wrote about it. A, we did. A, a couple of weeks ago. You want to tell us about that? We did. They, the officers did an awesome job. Yeah. Um, so a, a routine motor vehicle stop. Right. Um, they stopped the car. The, the, it was a suspicious car. The windows were uh, extremely tinted. When they started talking... Okay, so stop right there. Sure. So like, if you have a tinted car, mm-hmm. uh, that will attract the attention of an officer? It does. A lot of things attract the attention of officers. So why would that? <coughs> I'm just curious, because I don't, didn't realize that. Well, because there's a law against the, the tinted windows. Oh, there is. Oh, yeah, okay. there certainly is. You know, and, and I'm being educated this morning. Thank well, you. Well, <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of things draw our attention. You, you see these people that put the uh, covers over their license plates with the, the tint on them, and the officer can't... You can't read them, oh. and that's against the law also. Okay. So these are all just, these are reasons to stop cars. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of these things are to try to, you know, cover up misuse of a license plate or whatever it might be. So when the officers um, stopped the car, the uh, the occupants were extremely nervous. Yes. <laughs> extremely nervous, yes. which, which led to conversation, and uh, uh, ultimately the... Uh, passenger said well there might be something in the car and lo and behold they they found um, eight kilos of tramadol right. uh, with trace amounts of fentanyl in it right so tram- in, the, in, the, in the trunk correct right so now did how did how did the officer get them to open the trunk or, well, the, or does he have the right to ask that he asked if he could look and mm. the, the the occupant gave him permission to look in the trunk he pretty much told him he had something in the car. Oh, he did. And, okay. Yeah, he alerted yeah. him. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> this this tramadol is a synthetic opioid because um, the we're we're talking about the big issue is is the heroin and the fentanyl, but this tramadol is a a synthetic opioid that oh. gives a heroin uh, type high, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's easier to get. It's cheaper. So, mm. so you know, they're they're looking at different ways to distribute uh, these drugs. Now, this person was he a um, this driver was he a Brantford person? I couldn't. I believe he was from Ohio. Ohio, right. yeah, but I couldn't quite figure out why he was in Brantford. You couldn't either. Probably to make some money. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but you never know. You yeah. know where, where they were headed. You yeah, know? have no idea. Yeah. Uh, so the important thing about this is, um, you know, these drugs are off the street. Hopefully, it will save the lives of. Uh, 
some people that are overdosing on, on opioids. We've lost a number of young people to opioids. We have. We and, have. And, um, you, you know, I went back and I looked. I looked at uh, preparation for this. I looked in our uh, computer and our case files, and I went back to some of the years like 2002, 2003. All the way through, we, we would maybe have one or two uh, responses to an overdose. Mm-hmm. Um, so far this year, we have 13. Really? Yes, in Brantford? With, yes. With, um, I think it was uh, five uh, that were fatal overdoses. In Brantford? In Brantford, yes. What's the general, I didn't realize that, what's the general age bracket? Um, early 30s to, um, just for this year, uh, about 50. Early mm-hmm. 30s to 50, typically a white male mm-hmm. uh, is the, in Brantford, mm-hmm. anyways, is the uh, typical uh, victim of, of this. Um, mm-hmm. Previous years, we've had even older. We've we've had some people in their sixties, mid sixties, that have overdosed. Mm. And the younger people, not on opioids, or not. Well, it, it, I'm talking about. Kid. I'm ta- the overdoses this year. Yes. just opioid. Opioid, right? Okay, so right. but then that doesn't seem to be affecting younger people necessarily we're not Let's seeing it, it. we're Let's not see seeing it. it but i'm not saying that it's it's not there it's not there mm-hmm. that's heavy it is it is to think you know it's it's not only in Brantford, it's exponentially growing throughout the country with these um, these overdoses so do they buy in Brantford? maybe this guy coming in from ohio knew exactly what he was doing you know i'm sure i'm sure it's 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 all over the place mm-hmm. um you know, uh, I'm sure that there are people selling it in Brantford, and you know we don't we don't have uh, the the Golden Gates surrounding Brantford that a right, lot right, of, right, a right. lot of people think. Right, and, and other uh, towns have it too. That's not you know sure. It's 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 uh, that's fascinating. Sure. So it's it's done very discreetly, obviously, and, and so uh, they're they're doing everything to avoid getting caught selling these drugs. Right. Um, Except so, for the tinted windows. Except for the tented windows, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, if if you if you go back to the, uh, you know, the the broken windows theory, Bill Bill Bratton, and you right. focus on lower level crimes. Hmm. Sometimes you get lucky and you stumble over these things that that are the higher level crimes. You identify, um, uh, you know, sorry, you identify criminals uh, in the process of doing so. Right. That's what they did in the subways in New York, right? That's right. That's exactly right. Yes. Yeah, it's just a different... Yeah, and we have in Brantford, uh, we have, you know, two... I mean, a number of traffic vehicles whose sole purpose is to... Oh, traffic enforcement. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes exactly. I mean, Brantford, I think, is very big on that. I don't see other towns... Well, well, actually, it's Maybe, it's catching on. Yeah. If you, if you okay. look at... I saw East Haven the other day has a nice... nice uh, traffic vehicle out there oh good uh, yep so it's, it's catching on uh-huh you know one of the the biggest uh complaints that our police department gets is uh speeding and mm-hmm. you know they're worried about um uh, drive, uh, driving their cars on our roadways and protecting their families uh we've been focusing on aggressive driving for for years mm-hmm. uh since we started uh, using a comstat model with our police department um mm-hmm. and we've reduced traffic crashes considerably uh, okay. and we've sustained it. So explain Comstat just to our listeners for a second, and as cause that's your model, uh, explain right. what it is. 
So CompStat is a management tool that police departments use um, to direct their police officers based on data. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's the idea of putting the cops on. Well, Jack Maple, who was the colleague of of Bill Bratton, said right. put putting cops on dots. So it's huh. it's the idea of putting the cops in problematic areas. Um, so you figure out first what those areas are. We do analysis, yes, of mm. of different crime types, where the problems are occurring, mm-hmm. when they're occurring, mm-hmm. and try to focus our patrol officers. Uh, you know, that's our first priority. Mm-hmm. Uh, focus our officers to those spots to be more effective in, uh, in the deployment of our men mm-hmm. and women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how big is, is the Brantford Police Department now? Is it 51 or 52? We are 52, mm-hmm. including myself, mm-hmm. um, full-time officers. Is that large enough? Um, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I say this often. I go back to a study that was done in 1989. Uh, uh, it was called the PMG study, uh-huh. where they recommended that the uh, police department have 65 full-time sworn officers. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've, we've been operating uh, below that. Um, it'd be nice to have, have more. Um, we have a, um, there's, especially now, there's a large uh, turnover of police officers we've experienced a, a huge amount of retirements over the last six years since i've been chief mm. um we're getting new officers coming in to replace them um and they tend to be leaving and going to other departments yeah i think you discussed this at a yeah. meeting um and they're leaving because there's there's a different it's it's pension issues. Pension issues, right, right, right. It's got to do with a, a different format, right? That Correct. The new officers come; they don't have a pension anymore. They come in on a on a four hundred one k type. That's right. That's uh, what was right. Right. Retirement when, plan. Right. So without the established pension, they feel it's easier. To, they 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 feel it's not. They don't have to stay. They don't. They well, can't. They can. But if they got a better job or a different job that they w- want, with better benefits, yeah, benefit, that's yeah. oh, absolutely. Right. Um, you know, part of the problem with the 401k is is if you get uh, totally and permanently disabled on the job, you just leave with what you have invested in your 401k. I see. As opposed to a disability pension mm-hmm. um, that officers previously had the, the pleasure of having. So is this a choice on the town of Brantford or? It was negotiated through collective uh, bargaining. bargaining yeah. Right. Would you go back to the old way if you could? To the pension way? Um, I personally, I would, I, I think it would help retain, retain officers. Right. Certainly. Right. Right. So that would be a discussion for the town. That's a discussion for the town. That's interesting. Certainly. That's interesting. You know, it's something that they're, the town is going to have to decide on what they want the makeup of their police department to be. If they want it to be a transient police department, um, you know, stay with the 401k. Um, and it costs an awful lot huh. of, awful lot of, well, it, it it just makes more sense uh, for an officer to, to leave and go to a department with better benefits and the, the same pay. Um, right. On the other hand, if you're not building a force and you're not building people who can go up the ladder to different positions and a certain camaraderie, <coughs> for want of a better word. Well, you have a, a, a reduction in experience, knowledge. Right. Um, right. You know, institutional knowledge. Institutional knowledge is very key. Um, uh, increase in liability because of just those mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of factors that you have to 
Is Brantford unique in having a four? No, no, no. Is that sort no. of what the MO is these days? Well, it, it, you know, a, a couple of years ago, um, when they they negotiated, it, it looked like that that's the way that all the police departments were going with the uh-huh. the way that the markets were um, uh-huh. performing. Yeah. Um, so, several police departments have mm-hmm. uh, moved to a four hundred one k, but they're 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 experiencing the same same issues of retaining officers. Mm. That's fascinating. It's, it is. It's fascinating because it was negotiated. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, be careful what you wish for. That exactly. Kind of, that kind of category. Right. You know. Right. I mean, who knew? Right. Who knew? Well, they didn't. They, they didn't. didn't. They didn't. It, right. it looked. It looked like that's the way that it was going to go. And and who knows? It still might go that way, but it's just not moving as quickly as as anticipated. Right. But you're you're uh, basically drawing a fo- a picture of uh, a photo of a police department with people going in and out at a more rapid rate right. than in the past. Right. And that I don't necessarily think was discussed. I mean, that wasn't anticipated. I don't think it was. No, not at all. That's fascinating. Not at all. Right. But we are up to full force right now. We have two in the police academy. Oh, that's uh, great. Uh, so it's been a long time since we've been up to full force. So uh, that's great. Let's, let's hope we could hold on to them for a yes. while. Yes. Well, speaking of full force, I believe everybody on your team, uh, everyone in the police department, shall I say, has a body cam. We do. Yes, every single one. And that is, I'd like you to um, um, to discuss uh, the body cam because I think Brantford was one of the first departments in the state of Connecticut to actually start it. Uh, it could have been John DiCarlo, your predecessor. Who yeah, did- I think you're right on being first and correct. Uh, John DiCarlo did start it. Right. It was it was actually started as a, um, a prototype to. Uh, well, the truth of it is, we have the traffic squad uh, that you spoke about a little bit earlier. Yeah, yeah. And uh, at the time, as I recall, we didn't have the funds to purchase um, the in car camera. That's right. That's what he said. He didn't have it. Yeah. Right. So um, we were able to swing the, the the body camera, which was new, uh, right. new at the time. So we outfitted our two uh, traffic officers with with body cameras. I think I think that that happened in two thousand and eight. I believe you're right because yeah. I think I wrote a story some not quite then but later a little bit later on mm-hmm. uh, about it and yeah exactly um, so that was early that was early and it and it, it stayed that way for uh, for quite a while mm-hmm. uh, with the two the two officers. Uh, having the the body cameras and and before boy i want to say in 2015 maybe mm-hmm. um short well i, I want to say actually shortly before after i became chief mm-hmm. i started noticing i was i was getting complaints about our officers oh yeah okay from uh citizens out there from Res- citizens Res- yeah right i'm saying to myself wow i'm you know i'm not that far out of this it, some of the the behaviors that they're they're describing just doesn't fit the character and the morals of the officers in in Brantford. Okay, so now this would happen if they were stopped on the road. Yeah, stopped on the road or um, whatever the interaction mm-hmm. might be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I thought about it and I said, well, you know, I was I was having a real hard time with with believing a lot of because some of them were just way way out. Mm-hmm. So I ended up um, purchasing enough. Uh, body cameras to outfit um two shifts two shifts okay so i'm sorry 
So um, <laughs> I'm on radio, live radio. You should have told me to turn off my yeah, cell phone. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, I, uh, I apologize. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so, uh, so what I did was I bought enough to outfit two shifts. So what that did was one shift would, would wear the body cameras while the second shift would be charging and we would rotate them through. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so probably not thought out very well. Um, <laughs> we have three shifts. So, <laughs> so, so it became so a problem. So the nighttime shift was, the, the, oh. Yeah, the, the batteries were dead. Dead, and, right, right. And, you know, and then, and then the problem that we, we had with. Oh, so they were, they were among everybody. Yes. I yeah. got you. I got you. So they were, they were sharing them. The in sharing. A, in a, oh, that's a, always a problem. Yes. It, it is. It, it is always a problem, especially when it, it comes to accountability of equipment because something would break on it and they'd put it in the charger and nobody would let you know that it was broken. So eventually, to make mm-hmm. a long story short, what is, we ended up getting them for every officer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel that they're an insurance policy for the town, mm-hmm. uh, so it does a couple things. Mm-hmm. I think it holds the officers more accountable, mm-hmm. um, and it also, um, I think it holds the public more accountable also, that, that mm-hmm. the interactions with, with the community are more civil, if you will. Um, That's what's evolved. So let's just say you have an irate motorist oh and we've had them okay and they're cursing like crazy and, and we've say- had them okay and they're saying all kinds of things we can't say on the radio about that that police officer right? sure so what's your next step now that everyone is on a body cam what what do you what happens next so the nice thing about it is is when we have these when we have these people believe me it goes the other way sometimes too we're, mm-hmm. we're not angels all the time and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know sometimes we have a bad day um but 99.99% of the time, I would say that the officer's conduct is appropriate. They're doing a good job. Um, very small percentage that, uh, you know, things go wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're they're not earth-shattering uh, incidents. But when we have that person, that in, in their perception, in their mind, they really believe yeah, they really that believe this is how they've been treated. Yes, badly. Right. So, um, of course, we... we would you like to file a complaint? Sure, come on in and uh, we hear their story. We we listen. So, in to other them. words, the 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 officer at the car with the motorist says, "Would you like to file a complaint or something like that?" Yeah. A- absolutely. Yeah. Okay, and then or, the, or if the person comes to the police station, if they they feel that they can't get along with the officer, they come right, to the police station and they they file a complaint. Um, so of course we invite them in and we help them fill out the complaint and. Uh, typically the first thing that I do is, okay, well, the officers are wearing body camera. Let me go and review the the video, the footage and see what really happened. And, and we've had cases just like you, you described. And so, so typically what I do is I, I'd say, look, before we go any further with this, right? would you like to view the video? Right. Um, in most cases, they they thank me and they and they view the they, video. They view the video and they change their mind about continuing with the complaint. Right. So then, you know, twenty four hours, forty eight hours later, they look at what they thought happened as opposed to what they're seeing on the video. Right. And they realize that somehow their mind has played tricks on them. People's per- yeah, people's perception of, of right. what what transpires during right. motor vehicle look you don't most people don't get stopped every day no 
so they're nervous they right. you know right. they don't know what to do and the adrenaline is pumping the, the adrenaline's <laughs> pumping exactly and, and you know that the police officer is a lot of times you know oh the police officer was rude um he was following procedures to keep him safe mm-hmm. um, so there's there's a difference mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah so now you're finding that folks are the community is has a different attitude because that's the kind of situation that travels that that kind of confrontation that kind of, you know what i mean people are beginning to think well maybe i have to look at this police officer a little bit differently now and they tell their friends hey look this is going to be on on film for the most part yeah there's there's those occasions where some people just do what they do, do what, what they, they do what they're going to do and, and do exactly right. exactly right right um so have cops learned to trust that little camera on their shirt What's been the attitude of the police force with regard to it? Because sometimes well, you hear stories like they turn them off. I don't think that's true in Brantford, but sometimes you hear stories about turning off the the body cam. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think that um, you know at first there was a lot of resistance uh, to the body cameras. Um, uh-huh. What was that about? Based on <clears throat> well, they didn't they didn't want to wear them. They didn't you know Big Brother's watching and oh, you know mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> they you know they were they were concerned about. <clears throat> You know, <coughs> my my mm. viewpoint on it. Well, if you if you're just doing your job and you're not doing anything wrong, mm-hmm. um, what's the difference? And and besides, you're already being videotaped. The the community's videotaping you. However, <laughs> they they are just videotaping or releasing the parts of the video that they want to show. Mm-hmm. Um, you're already being videotaped with in car cameras. You're <coughs> the audio recording. The only difference is is we're extending this beyond the hood of the car. Um, okay. So, th- well, that's the limitation of an in-car camera, you know. You, you right, know right, so, right. Um, mm-hmm. so we had a couple uh, cases when you, you know people would what, what changed their mind is these civilian complaints, and mm-hmm. they they found that they were being ex- exonerated uh, from the civilian complaints based on their video. So, so the cops began to trust it more. Oh, and absolutely. Real, and realized that they weren't being right. Absolutely. So it worked both ways. So now, now let's take a look at this uh, case in Minneapolis that, yes. that just occurred. Where, yes. where the, you know, I, I don't, I'm not going to Monday morning quarterback, but if these guys had their video cameras on, it might have showed something that. Mm-hmm. Could have, I, I don't know what happened, mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want right. to. No, no. But it might have showed something that could have uh, exonerated the officers involved. Mm-hmm. Right, and they might have. Uh, yes. How, how far can they see? Can those cameras go? They're not 3D, right? They're 2D. No, no, the, yeah, they're 2D. Um, they, they uh, the, the, my understanding of the way that they're designed is based on what the human eye could see. There, mm-hmm. Look, there's limitations to it. Mm-hmm. So if the if the body <coughs> camera is on your chest and something happens off to the right of you and you turn your head, but mm-hmm. your your chest is pointing forward, well, it's mm-hmm. not gonna it's not gonna pick up on. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna see that on the video. So. What we're talking about here and in Minneapolis is, is um, the use of body cams often in a traffic situation or a stop situation. That's on the where road. they're used most, yeah. So let's say you are a police officer is called to someone's home for a domestic dispute, mm-hmm. and he or she has on his body cam. Yep. What happens at the moment that you get to the door and knocking on the door, seeking entrance to that apartment or house? Mm-hmm. What happens to the body cam? Does it stay on yes. or does it stay off? Stays on. <clears throat> Stays on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So you use it pretty much in all or mostly all situations? Pretty much, yes. Yeah. You know, if the officer has a legal right to be there, mm-hmm. um, he has the right to, to record it. Right, right, right. And right. Has, has there been any, um, any response on that, you know, those kinds of cases? As far as as far as you know, I mean, no, pe- no, no, okay. no. So there's really, ha- it really hasn't. The, no, it's pretty much been accepted. Yeah, you know what? It's it's in the beginning. It it's, it makes a lot of fanfare, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and then people just start to to accept it. It's it, it's just like in car cameras when right. when we first started using those. Right. Um, you know, technology is changing the way that police do their work. <clears throat> so I recall that there was one development that was somewhat unexpected like how do you store the stuff was there an issue about why do i have a memory trace of storage because it takes up a lot of (laughs) a lot of storage um okay so so video um in computer terms takes up a lot of space on the hard drives okay um so and you've got 51 offices out there 52 and they all have the body cams and now, remember, they're not running eight hours a day, but there's a considerable amount of storage that um, <coughs> that we use. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just received uh, grant money mm-hmm. from the from the state of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I believe um, I believe it was sixty five thousand dollars to reimburse mm-hmm. us for um, to reimburse us for money that we mm-hmm. had spent uh, on the program, mm-hmm. uh, and it allowed us to purchase more space uh, to store the the video. I see, and and you store it uh, in house. In house, yes. Okay, and every police department does that. No, no. Oh, no. Tell, tell so us about that. There's <clears throat> there's different options depending upon the vendor that that you use. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, uh, well, we use right now we're using uh, VView cameras. Um, What's it, what did they say? VView. VView. Okay. Right. <clears throat> so Taser uh, International, uh, I believe they changed the name to Axon. Now they offer a uh, body camera solution, mm-hmm. uh, which uses the cloud ah. uh, for the storage. Mm-hmm. The cameras were cheap, mm-hmm. but the back end storage was very expensive. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought it was a, a lower cost, and it, it is a lower cost solution for our size department uh-huh. to store uh, the video in house. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of different options, and with with uh, with all these companies springing up, there's there's going to uh, be even more. Right. So this is an ongoing evaluation, so to speak. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. The, everything's <laughs> everything's evolving. Uh, you know the the quality of the video cameras are getting a lot better. Oh, um, okay. You know they're they're making them smaller, lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, it's it's an evolving thing. It's like buying a buying a house computer. Uh-huh. You know they they last for about three years and you, you, you have so many viruses on them and everything else that you have to throw it away and get a new one. Right, um, right, right. So it is, as the technology changes, uh, you know, we'll be replacing and, and getting new ones. Wow, okay, that's fascinating. Well, you know, I think, Chief, um, we're at the end of our segment. Our time's it, up, huh? Our time's up. It looks like that's happened. Um, and it goes fast when the topics are so interesting. I'm really fascinated by a number of the topics that you raised. And we're going to have you back one of these days uh, to our studio here and maybe do a little TV at the same time or maybe in Brantford. Okay. Um, and uh, thank you for being with us today. Well, thank and, you for having me. And sharing your thoughts. 
And our, our listeners can go to the newhavenindependent.org website to get a podcast of this broadcast to listen to a wide variety of shows that the station is producing every day. And we will have a story on this. Okay, Chief? Sounds good. Sounds good. Thank you very much. And thank you for being in New Haven. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.